thank you very much. <clears throat> so last week, for anyone that wasn't here, um, Paul, um, who incidentally isn't here, is away on holiday with the family. Um, he was speaking on evangelism, so a big Christian buzzword, evangelism, um, you know, what it is. And I guess we can use our words, we can use our actions to, to declare the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is where I come in, in part two. Today, we're looking at what that good news is. In some ways, you could have thought, maybe we should have done it the other way around. Perhaps we should have sorted out what the good news is first and then work out how we're going to share that. But actually, I prefer the way we did it because as a Christian, it's our responsibility to speak good news. And, um, it, you know, we don't need to get the the A to Z of what that actually means. We just simply need to follow and go and just, and then um, we can find out as we go. So we're kind of in a big part of our vision, a section of our vision or a subsection of our vision called discipleship on the go. So it's all well and good coming to church and thank you for coming. It's great. Um, But a large part of discipleship is going. In fact, the biggest part, the only part, the, the, the thing as a Christian, that we should all be doing is going, moving, going somewhere, sharing, speaking, declaring the good news. So we're going to look a little bit at what the good news is. Although I'm not going to do a, you know, a three-part sermon on what actually the good news is. Um, well, I don't think I am. We'll see. But I'm going to start by, yeah, who knows where we could go in the next 30 minutes. But I'm going to start, you know, as a, as a world, particularly the Western world, we're exposed to news all the time. You know, no longer is it just the newspaper once a week or once a day. No longer is it the 6 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news, it's BBC News 24, Sky News 24. No longer is it that. It's, it's um, website after website, um, Huffington Post. You've got them. Every newspaper has their, their own website. You've got Twitter. You've got all social media. News is coming at us every single second of the day. Um, you know, in the news right now, we've got things about the EU referendum. We've got things about ISIS. We've got things about the, the Olympics and the Zika virus. We've got things about Euro 2016. The news, these are the main headlines. And, you know, this is what the media um, is portraying. But there's probably news happening all over the world that we don't get to hear through mainstream media. But then you've got, in terms of the news, you've got kind of like the, the, the underworld of the journalism um, profession. I think, you know, they must be employing journalists more than doctors, nurses, because if you think about it, they populate our news channels on on social media every single second with stuff. And I've just picked out five headlines that were in the news. Okay, admittedly, I think it was the mirror, but a few of these were the Sky News. But these are some of the underground, the underworld, the, the less headline news as such. Number one is this. Flintstone's car slapped with parking ticket. News headline. I'm sure many of you, if you saw that in your news feed, would immediately click it. I want to know what happened to the Flintstone's car. We're kind of suckers for it, aren't we? And I like this one. Number two, Dr. Heimlich uses the Heimlich maneuver for the very first time. We all want to know about Dr. Heimlich who invented the Heimlich maneuver. He actually saved someone's life in the news this week. 90, yeah, in his 90s. And he saved somebody's life in the retirement home that he was living. How? (laughs) This is a good one for me, but even I, I don't think, would I click this? Maybe if I was terribly bored. But this is the one. Which biscuits are best for dunking tea? 
scientists reveal the answer to the age-old question. Imagine you're a scientist and, you know, you could be doing diabetes, you could be doing nuclear medicine, you could be doing, um, you know, you could be working for NASA, you could be... Actually, no, I'm, I'm a... My, my project is the best dunking biscuit out there. Wow. And here's another one linked to that. I was sorry, I actually don't know. I would assume... I would assume, I didn't actually read the article, I'd assume it's a hobnob. <laughs> Not a rich tea or a digestive. Um, you can do your own research and perhaps you could, you could publish something for the Huffington Post later this week. Number four, very much linked on a food theme. How, question is, how do Pringles crisps achieve their special shape? Factory footage shows how the magic happens. News headline. <laughs> but people apparently click these and want to know this stuff. We want news. We want news hot off the press. And then the fifth one, which some of, me, some of you may have heard, is this. Mum's hysterical fun with a Chewbacca mask. <laughs> now that one, perhaps, if you haven't seen the video, go onto YouTube and just type Chewbacca mask. It's an American lady who gets very excited, hysterically laughing. It's a lot of fun if you want to just have a, have a moment. So news, we're saturated with news. Everywhere we look, we have news. But what about the good news? And um, just to, in case you're unsure, when my, when, if I accidentally slip into using the word gospel, when I perhaps could replace it with good news, or I could replace the word gospel with good news, Greek translation, early translation, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the gospel, we're talking about the good news. Um, but we use the modern phrase today, because perhaps we've lowered our intelligence, I don't know. Anyway, it's more accessible to us, good news, we understand it a little bit better. Um, so, um, as I say, I'm not going to go into massive depth, but what is the good news? A lot of us would think immediately if I was to ask you and put the, you under pressure, maybe ask for a volunteer to say, what's the good news? You'd probably fumble through your answer and say, oh, it's something to do with sin, me being a sinner, Jesus dying um, on the cross, crucifixion, resurrection, coming back to life, my sins are forgiven, his blood covers all over, you know, you could use all sorts of analogies or all sorts of um, references to the Bible. Um, <laughs> Baz, by the way, just, I'm just going to stop there. Baz has just used his technology. There's a screen at the back, if anyone noticed. And it's just revealed the answer. The, the best dunking biscuits is actually rich tea. So we are, myself and Baz are communicating via screen. <laughs> but anyway, let's read, let's read one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Mark. Let's start off. Baz, you can use your own power for good here. <laughs> Um, let's read this scripture, Mark 1, verse 14 to 15 in the NIV says, After John, the Baptist, was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, that's a hard word to say, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. We're in the time of the good news. The time has come. God is going to rescue his people. God is going to transform you, me, the entire world. The good news has come. The good news has arrived. Following at this point in this context of this verse, centuries and millennia of people waiting for Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus. They didn't know it would come in the form of Jesus, but they were waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for someone to come and transform the world. And there, on the stage, steps Jesus. 
But I'm going to backtrack just a few verses. And Mark 1 verse 3 brings up a character which I want to focus on today. Um, And you may have noticed at the beginning of that verse, it said, John the Baptist was in prison. Bad news. (laughs) But this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look. I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The good news started even before Jesus came on the scene. The good news you could trace back through time to Genesis, to God creating the world. Before time, before he even put the stars in place, there was good news. And in the future, the good news hasn't finished today. There is more good news to come, and I'll get onto that shortly. But I want to speak about this character. How, how strange. I'm talking about Jesus, the good news of Jesus, but I'm focusing for a minute on John the Baptist. But let me explain and let me go. Because I would say John is probably my favorite character, bar none, in the Bible, for sure, without a doubt. I would have to say John the Baptist is my ultimate hero. And I'll explain. He was the, he was the one in, in Elizabeth, his mother's womb, who when the pregnant Mary came with baby Jesus, or fetus Jesus. <laughs> Fetus. <laughs> baby John leaped in his mother's womb at the presence of Jesus. He was the one that actually started his ministry and work on earth before Jesus. He was declaring... Um, Jesus was coming, even though he knew that they were pretty much, they were cousins pretty much, and they were pretty much the same age, just a few, um, I guess, months apart, I'm assuming, because they were both pregnant, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we don't need to go into that. Um, He was a wild man, rugged, living in the wilderness, almost a bit of a loner, a bit of an isolated character, kind of, he just, he was was living in the wilderness, he was a bit of an oddball. Um, He was the one that baptized Jesus, and as that happened, John the Baptist along with everyone else in that environment, would have heard Father God say, this Jesus is my son with whom I am well pleased. John would have heard that. He would have been part of that whole experience. But unfortunately, as we read, he was put in prison because the message he was preaching was repentance. Change your way and focus on Jesus. And King Herod of the day did not like it because he was promiscuous, he was having affairs, he was sinful, and he put John the Baptist in prison And unfortunately, the bad news on a message of good news is John never left prison. He was beheaded and died in prison. So, bad news, (laughs) but good news in the middle. Let's carry on because you might be thinking, where is he going with this? Let's let's read uh, Matthew 11. So this is where I'm going to sort of base camp today. I've got 23 minutes to sort of unpack this passage. Matthew, Matthew 11, verse 1 to 6. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, so this is where he is now, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Slightly bizarre question given what he's already known. But anyway, we'll move on. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him, what you have, remember these words, heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him 
God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Now, I've got three things to say, three observations, three points to help me preach, but hopefully maybe it'll help you to take notes as well. The first one is the good news is your good news. It's not preacher. It's not the evangelist's good news. It's not the missionary in Africa's good news. It's not even just Jesus's good news. It's yours. It's your good news. It's not even just the story of the resurrection and the cross and the it, as I said at the beginning, it started at the beginning of the time, and the good news is happening right now. The good news is happening in your life right now. The good news will happen on Monday morning when you walk into work and something happens now. The good news is for now, for the past, for now, and for the future. It's our good news to share with others, to tell people what you have seen and heard. And it says, I don't think it come on, does it come on screen, Baz? Um, 11, 4, 5 to 6. Which, this list, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. There's gospel in a nutshell. If God has changed your life, you are living out the good news. So what good things has God done for you and for those around you, for your family? Tell people about it because it's your good news. What good things have you seen and heard? Tell people about it because it's your good news. Your story, your testimony, your relationship with God is the most amazing thing that you can have. So tell people about it. The good news is everything about God, his church, the future, our eternity with him. The good news is your good news. But let's read on. Um, well, actually, no, let's take a, let's rewind two verses, um, and we look at verse two and three, Baz. It says, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. This is this question. It confuses me at first. John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. He was, his whole life was to declare that Jesus was the Messiah, to point to Jesus, to prepare the way. He knew Jesus. He baptized him. He heard God, and still, in prison, he asked the most Apparently obvious question. Are you the one or should we expect or look for someone else? Did he doubt? Was he questioning? Was he having a, a faith crisis? This is bad news. Is he really questioning Jesus and who he was? Did he really doubt the good news? John the Baptist, my hero, is he really doing this? Well, let me just lead into my second point, which is the good news isn't Always good news. Am I allowed to say that? I might need to explain. John would have been in prison. Let's, you know, let's picture the scene. Um, well, I could use these as my prison bars. This will be quite effective. But I don't know whether you really want me preaching for the rest of the, the message from behind a prison. Let's, well, let's picture the scene. Prison probably wasn't prison like that. It was probably on a floor, back against the wall, prisoners either side, chained feet to one to the other, arm one to the other. And let's just imagine John is in prison. Let's imagine it's come early morning, and as a good Christian boy, he's getting out his Bible devotion plan in prison. 
he's thinking, okay, I've got to read my scripture. So let's have a read. So it says, in, oh, brilliant. Isaiah 35 says this. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands. That could be me. Um, and encourage those who have weak knees. Yes, quite distressing on the floor here. Um, say to those with fearful hearts, that's me. Um, be strong and do not fear. Thank you, God. Um, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Oh, thank God. I can't wait to get out of this prison. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. This sounds familiar, if you were listening before. The lame will leap like a deer. The, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Wow, what great encouragement. I'm going to read on. Let's skip over to Isaiah 61, because John is a prophet, by the way, and he would know the prophecies off by heart. So he wouldn't actually have his Bible. He wouldn't have his daily devotion reading plan. He would just simply know this stuff. And he'd be going through his mind would be various different prophecies and scriptures. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives, hang on a minute, captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Brilliant news. What good news for a man in prison who's chained. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. My enemy King Herod has locked me up I am innocent, but thankfully, the Messiah, the one who is to come, Jesus, is going to release the captives, set them free, and no longer do I have to be in chains. Brilliant good news. Awesome. But when Jesus recited a passage, which was quoted from Isaiah, to send back to John, he said things like, um, open eyes, the blind eyes, open the deaf ears, but actually what Jesus missed out from that little passage that he was sending back to John was the bit about releasing captives. So, good news. The deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk. But John, you still got to be in prison, mate. I'm not going to get you out. I'm not going to rescue you this time. You are there. And there's a message almost telepathically between Jesus and John, where John's almost like, oh, darn, I'm stuck here. But I've seen and heard, and I know that the Messiah is at work, and he has come, and okay, I'm in prison. I might die. probably didn't know this at this point. I'm in prison, but that's okay, because the gospel is being preached. This is why he's my hero. John, as any good Jew would have, would have assumed that the Messiah would come to completely transform everything. They were... The, Israel was under Roman rule, so the Messiah would come and just kick butt, take Rome, and Israel would be restored to its former glory. But, you know, the people of God, it would be amazing. But no, the good news isn't always the good news we expect. And for some people, the good news could even be bad news. Sometimes we, and even John, in his, in his need on the floor of a prison cell, was like, Jesus, um, I'm just reminding you of who you are and what you came to do. You came to set the captives free. So if you wouldn't mind releasing me from prison, I could come and do amazing things for you. But sometimes we want the gospel to be our. And it kind of contradicts my first point. It is your good news. But the good news isn't always how we want it to be. If the good news was my good news, then, you know, everyone would get a load of money. Everyone, there would be no sickness. Um, I would be the king of the world. Whatever. The good news is, some, in some cases, 
is actually bad news. We sometimes try and manipulate the good news to be what we want, but we forget there's a challenge to change and to repent and to be different. That's sometimes a bit harder. Um, so we'll read on because time is running away and I've got to get through another 400 verses, so hold tight. Um, but in verse 7, it's not on the screen, but we're going to skip, jump straight into 11. This is what um, John, this is what happens when John's disciples leave Jesus' presence. So he sent them back with that message, which is almost code for John. John, I'm here, but I'm not going to come and rescue you, mate. Sorry. But anyway, it goes on. So Jesus starts talking to the rest of the people in listening of what, who John and what, he, what it was all about. I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, this is Jesus talking, none is greater than John the Baptist. Now, now he's my hero, so I would agree. Um, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. John knows that. He's been attacked by a violent man in prison. For before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. So John wasn't doubting the good news. He was just making a statement to Jesus. Is this true? Is this right? Are you the one? But he didn't understand that actually, even though the gospel is forcefully advancing, there's a there's sort of a bad news tagline as well. There is opposition to the good news. The good news is great. It's forcefully advancing. The good news is going out across the nations. Amazing. And we should celebrate the fact that people are hearing and responding to the gospel of Jesus. People are converting from other religions. People are being, communities are being transformed by the gospel. But there are violent people who oppose it and who are willing to put people in prison, who are willing to behead people, who are willing to kill people, who are willing to simply just stand against a Christian in their school or university, or simply speak bad about a Christian in their world. There are people who are forcefully against the gospel. So there's a bit of bad news that goes with the good news. But the good news is God's, his good news overcomes. And his good news isn't yet finished. And there's more to come. And if I get time, we'll go on to that. Um, so that's why maybe at times, when you think about the good news, you might struggle to share it. You might struggle in your workplace or in your environment to talk about Jesus. Even though it is forcefully advancing, sometimes there's just people opposing it. And that might not be obviously opposing it. That could be a spirit. That could be something that is unseen, that kind of an atmosphere created in your staff room. But we're on the winning side. Jesus is not finished Yet. And let's read on. I've got 10 minutes to do this last section. Oh, yes, thanks, Baz. To what can I compare this generation? So you can almost relate this not just to Jesus' generation, but this generation. Us. It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain. Do any children complain? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got them. Um, they complain to their friends, and they make up songs. Do children do that? Yeah. So Jesus is talking truth here. We played wedding songs, and you didn't dance. We played funeral songs, and you didn't mourn. This is the song the kids would sing in the playground, dancing around. We, we, we played wedding songs, but you did not dance. And we played funeral songs, and you did not mourn. 
For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. The gospel doesn't please everyone. The good news, as good as it is, doesn't please everyone. There are some people that want a party. I want the good news to be about lovely things. Like, I want my life to be transformed. I want everything. I want money. I want the women. I want relationships. I want the job. I want the everything. I want to celebrate. I want this life of abundance. And, but I'm, Jesus, you're challenging. You came and you didn't dance with us. You actually told us we should change. And the gospel I want isn't hard. I want the gospel to be fun and games and laughter and songs and children and nice unicorns. <laughs> but Jesus, the gospel is good news, but the bad news is it causes us to change and we need to respond to it. It means that we have to change how we live, think, act, speak, all of the above. But the other side, the funeral, some of us Perhaps the religious people amongst us, we think, oh, that's too easy. Grace is too easy. You know what? Jesus, you offer a free ticket into heaven. What? That's too easy. I want to earn myself. I want to beat myself. I want to, I want to earn this salvation. I want, to, I want you to mourn because we are captive by Rome. We are in a difficult situation. We're in a, have you ever lived in 2016? Have you ever worked for my boss? Have you ever been in my family? Jesus, just please feel sorry for me. I want to feel sorry for myself. The gospel isn't always good news for some people. The people that just simply want to stay where they are. The people that just want to mourn for what they could have had. The gospel isn't going to mourn for what your past dealt to you. The gospel is going to propel you into your future. But some of us, no one in this room but in other places, for us, we, we either find the gospel too hard or too easy. But we have to realize that it's both. The yoke is easy. The, the gospel is grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But it does mean we have to respond to it. It does mean that actually sometimes the gospel will cause us. The good news is that we were sinners. But Jesus has saved us by his grace. And we can now live for him. But to get from A to B requires that we change our behavior sometimes. Or our thoughts. Or our language. Or what we do and say. So sometimes the, there's bad news because we don't want to accept the good news. So finally, as a final point, and in some ways this is my conclusion to the message, but I want a, a message on good news. I want you to hopefully leave this room feeling encouraged and inspired. You're not in prison. Um, and what application can we take from this? So if you've switched off, Now's the time to switch back in. This is what you need to do from this message um, if, if you've resonated in any way with it. So first of all, and this is just a statement, regardless of what I've said about opposition and um, the people violently opposing the gospel, let me just say this. Despite opposition, in spite of, of opposition, because of opposition, the gospel is forcefully advancing. This nation will never be the same again because of the gospel. The nations will never be the same again because of what the church of Jesus Christ is doing. This city, this community, 
the gospel is forcefully advancing. We're on the advance. We are not Christians in a little holy hood or in prison on the defensive. We're not persecuted. And even if we were, we're still on the advance. We're still on the march. We're still moving forward. There's good news. And guess what? Final point. The good news promises more good news. John's Baptist, sorry, John's Baptist, John the Baptist, his purpose in life was to prepare the way to announce the coming of Jesus for the first time. And if you know your Bible, if you're a Christian for a while, you will perhaps understand that Jesus is coming back again. And at this point, this is where Jesus will come in a blaze of glory. This is where he will just completely transform politics, um, the, you know, the Roman rule, whatever it is, the, the, the people of the day. This is where the change that John was expecting in that initial interaction, this is where it's going to happen. But our role right now is to prepare the way for Jesus' second coming. Our role right now is to prepare, prepare the good news that despite this world being broken, despite there being sickness and terrorist attacks and all the stuff that is going on, which is bad news, we are here to herald in and to declare in the good news where eternity is set with him, where there will be no tears, there will be no sickness, there will be no sadness. There will, no, there will be no war. There will be no terror. But this is still to come. We live in that faith phase. We live in a period of time which includes John's phase. We live in that period of time where we are waiting for Jesus. We are waiting for Jesus. The good news is Jesus is coming back. The bad news is we've got to wait. The good news is you can get that job the bad news is perhaps you've just got to wait. The good news is your friend and family member that you've been praying for is going to become a Christian. The bad news is you've got to wait. The good news is you, personally, yourself, you're going to accept Jesus for the first time. <laughs> Dare I say it? The bad news is you might have to wait, but you don't have to. <laughs> that point was really not the best. <laughs> But you know what? Actually, no, maybe it is true. You, you can wait. There is an urgency, but it's make a decision in your time. So, the good news just keeps on getting better and better. We've got so much to look forward to. We live by faith and not by sight. We might not see the good news being fully outworked. We may not see all of our friends and family becoming Christians. We may, we may not see our finances sorted out. We may not see our health sorted out. We may not see our family sorted out. We may not see our community sorted out yet. But we are living by faith and not by sight. The good news will not be complete until Jesus returns again to set everything right. The good news promises more good news. And let's read one final scripture which we've yeah, this is more good news, and this is practical. I tell you the truth, of all, the, all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. Now this verse you can interpret in so many different ways, but my favorite interpretation from, what, from preparing for this is there was no greater man on earth than John the Baptist. He was the man that heralded Jesus. 
But even he, with all that gift, promise, and purpose, is less than you. Let me explain. John was sharing the good news, and the good news hadn't yet really even happened. He was walking the earth, believing in Jesus. He was believing in Messiah. But Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. He'd not died for our sins just yet. He'd not rose again, defeated the power of death just yet. And, and John the Baptist was human. He, wasn't, he, was, he was a prophet, but he didn't know everything. He wouldn't have known necessarily that was even going to happen. But John preached the good news. He spoke. He lived it out. But now... In this generation, we have more opportunity, we have more um, resources, we have more knowledge, we have the Easter story, we have Jesus died, rose again so that we could live. You know what, we even have the internet, we have BBC World News 24-7, we have the resources available to us that John could have dreamt of. So we Although John was a great man, we have far more going for us in terms of speaking the good news than even John the Baptist did. Get that. Um, John died before the Bible was even written. I've got the Bible now. What a great gift that I've got that John didn't have. He, he had a lot in his memory, but he didn't have the full Bible like I've got with a, with a concordance and you know, various different things, different translations, easy to understand translations. We have more opportunity to share the good news than anyone who has ever lived, breathed, walked this earth before. Even if we face opposition, we have the most amazing opportunity to share the good news. Why would we not take up the opportunity to tell people what we have seen and heard? And that's my takeaway, and it's going to flash on screen. In fact, um, in a second, you'll, there's a glimpse of my takeaway from the other night, <laughs> a picture. But what are you going to do to tell people what you have seen and heard? So this is a challenge, and I'm not going to just let this stay. I'm going to pray about this, and I want you to think about it. I want you to dwell on it just for a couple of minutes. What are you actually going to do to tell people what you've seen and heard. I'm not asking anyone to go on mission. I'm not asking anyone to quit their job and become an evangelist. I'm not asking anyone to start preaching. I'm not asking anyone to learn a foreign language so you can take the gospel somewhere else. I'm not asking anyone to do any of those unless you feel called. But what are you going to do to tell people? You've got a phone. You've got an email. You've got an Instagram account. You've got whatever you have. You might just use a simple paper and pen. You might simply be in an environment like Dr. Heimlich was in the residential home to save someone's life. I don't know if anyone in this room lives in a residential home. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> but you know what? You could be in the right place at the right time to deliver the right message the good news. So I can't answer this question for you. And I'm just hoping that there's synapses and brain neurons and things going on in your mind and memory and stuff happening in people's brains. And you're coming up with an idea. You've got a mobile phone. You've got a Facebook account. You've got something to share 
the good news, to tell someone this week. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for what you can do. What am I going to do this week to tell someone about the good news? What I have seen and what I have heard. It might just be something that happened this morning in church. I went to church and this happened. And you never know where that conversation could go. So that is your takeaway. That's my Friday night takeaway. Um, (laughs) Match the two together. You can take from this message something that I believe could change someone else's world. The gospel is forcefully advancing. And forget for a minute there's opposition because we're on the winning side. So let me pray. But before I pray, and we're gonna, I'm going to hand over in just a second to the band, and I could at this moment, I preached a message about the good news, and some might say I haven't even preached the good news for somebody to hear and respond to. So I was thinking as I was um, in praise and worship, these songs were written for this preach in many ways, if anyone paid any attention. And I was bracking my brains, which song? I forgot the title, Steph. You're going to have to help me. Um, the one about back home. Back where I belong. So I'm not going to invite anybody in this room who doesn't know Jesus to respond to Jesus by putting your hand up. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let the guys minister and I'm going to let the guys sing and you're going to sing. And actually, we as a congregation are going to invite maybe one person, could be more. We as a congregation are collectively using this song, particularly the last verse. You'll get it when you hear it. Invite people to Jesus. And if there's anyone after that song and after this meeting, he wants to respond, I'm going to stand here and stay here at the end and you'll, you can come and I'll pray and someone from the welcome team can help us out and we'll, we'll do all of that sort of stuff. But rather than me talk, let's sing and I'm going to pray now. Lord, thank you for the good news. God, it is our good news. God, will we take hold of it, God, and not just see it as the evangelists or the, the pastors or the missionaries. God, it is our good news. Lord, God, would we understand that the good news isn't always the news we want, but God, would we allow ourselves to be challenged by the good news? God, will we also allow ourselves, like in that little song the children sang in the Bible, God, to celebrate your good news. And Lord, we thank you. The good news just keeps getting better and better. And God, we have a promise in eternity with you. So Lord, I pray for anyone in this room, God, whether we're a Christian or not, God, that we'd each come close to you 